On this episode of Location Cubed, we're going to talk about the unintended consequences of the remote work environment. But first, if you like what you hear, please go on an airplane trip with the like button, sit directly behind them. Halfway through the flight, remove your socks and shoes and prop your feet up on their armrest. Wow. Ah, that's mean, isn't it? <laughs> that is really mean. So here's, here's the crazy- Especially if it's a long flight. <laughs> here's the crazy thing. Air travel's gotten out of control. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the number of people who I actually see do that and then walk around that dirty cabin floor, I, I mean, why would you do that? I don't know. You know, I I always keep my shoes on for shorter domestic yeah, flights. Yeah. On international flights, so they give you a pair of socks to put over your socks that I always would oh, take off really? my shoes and do that. Or, so. or I'm always um, entertained by the person who has their company's logo on the backpack or is wearing like a company pullover and is completely rude to everybody on the flight, their passengers and the flight crew as well. It's like, yeah. hey, negative, ad negative advertising. <laughs> I had that. I saw that yesterday. You know who you are, whoever you are. Well, you know, hopefully, you pick up a listener from there. Did you hand, did you hand them your Did you hand them your card? No. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the unintended consequences of remote work. We spent a lot of time talking about: Are we going to be back in the office? Aren't we going to be back in the office? What does that mean for, you know, for clients? And what does it mean for our people? Do we want to come back? Blah 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 blah. But let's talk about some unintended consequences. And something that occurred to me is, you know, many companies. Um, if they're changing geography, which we see a lot of that, you know, in North Texas in the DFW market, you relocate to a new area. Um, there's some incentive for relocating and creating a certain amount of jobs. So let's say you had one of those incentives. And again, I keep referencing New York City because you've spent a lot of time there. You relocate to lower Manhattan and you bring a thousand jobs. But now those thousand jobs, half of them are working remote several days a week, half of them are in the office. What kind of what kind of problems does that present considering those remote workers are not spending time in New York City and are not spending dollars in New York City? Well, you know, that's that's a really good question and I'm not sure I know the I don't know the answer to that. But you think Obviously, it's a, you, would you agree head, it's gotta be a problem? I, I, can't, I can't see how it's not. Right. I mean, so let's bring it back home here to DFW. Yeah. So uh the North End, which was an apartment complex right across the street from our office, right. is currently in the process of being demolished. We're we watching, are watching, we are watching it, get it demolished. day by day. It's exactly. actually kind of cool. We're going to do some time-lapse photography once they start it's, rebuilding. Well, Justin's got it right outside of his window, so I pop in there once a day just to see what's going go. on. Yeah. It looks pretty cool yeah. taking yeah. it down. And so, but in its place, they're going to be building you know, a mixed-use project, and one of the tenants is going to be Goldman Sachs. And I want to say, I'm probably going to get my facts messed up, but I want to say Goldman got like a $19 million tax incentive. Mm -hmm. And some of the rules behind that were they had to create is either 2,500 or 5,000 jobs by 2025. In, in that district? In that building. Yeah, that's, what, have, that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, exactly, I mean. exactly. So that's a good question is, do they have to have 2,500 butts in chairs or do they need to have hired 2,500 people wherever they may be? Seems to me that the answer is going to be to get the incentive for the incentives to do what they want they're supposed to do. It needs to be butts and chairs. Yeah, my my thought would be it's butts and chairs because you want those 2,500 or 5,000 people, whatever the number is, coming in every day, spending money in your district. Exactly. You know, going exactly. out to lunch, going out to dinner, going to events. Otherwise, and there's a lot to do in that area. Yeah. Too. Otherwise, you know, providing point? some economic stimulus to the area. That's the point. If all those people are you know, sitting somewhere in the Metroplex in their individual homes, well, we haven't really accomplished anything for that particular particular building or that particular zone, so to speak, right? Correct. 
Correct. So that is a that is a really interesting dilemma that companies can get into. But you're not you're not hearing anything about that. Now, are are well, we on the very front end of this? Are we yet. geniuses? Uh, well, yes, we are. There's no disputing <laughs> that. But um, I I think it may just be something that has not been brought to the forefront yet. But it has to be something. Uh, my thought is it would have to be something in the mind of the folks who are on the other end of those deals. In other words, in the cities and the counties who've inked these deals yeah. and are now not necessarily seeing or whose constituents are not seeing the economic benefit thereof. And, and it could also be, you know, we're, we're hearing so much about all of the, a lot, well, not all, but a lot of executives calling for their people to be back at work. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Culture is probably the biggest reason. I know our culture would not be anything close to what it is if we didn't have people at the office. Um, but you also can't help but think, do they have that in the back of their mind too, that they're going, eh, we've got a lot of money that we can save here, um, and we don't want to want to jeopardize that. So you're giving up the incentive in order to save the money? Is that what no, you're no, saying? I'm saying we have a lot of tax money we can oh, save I, I see with you're the incentive, so we don't, want to we don't want to jeopardize that by having not having butts and chairs. Yeah, ag agreed, 100%. Um, well, how do you incentivize those? Okay, so let's say you've got this remote work environment. Again, we don't want to overkill the remote work thing because we've talked about that on enough podcasts. But now we need to put butts in chairs. How do you get those folks back? What are you doing? Oh, wow. What are you doing if you're, if you're the person who's trying to create that culture? And maybe I just gave it away. If you're trying to create that culture, how do you put those butts in chairs? Well, I mean, the culture is such the big part of that. Uh, I think it's obviously the first thing is lead by example. Uh, we saw that firsthand at our own firm that probably early 2021 or so, we were complaining that we didn't have enough people in the office, yet we as partners were at home. And so we made the conscious effort, let's go to the office. And so we started going to the office, people started going to the office. So I think the executives at any firm need to lead by example. If they want people in the office, they need to be at the office. Um, there's just no, no doubt about that. And then once you have the people there, how do you make life more fun for them while they're at work? There's always going to be people who are, you know, they're going to hate their job and they're not going to want to have fun. But there's a lot of people there who look to the office from a social standpoint. And how do you encourage that level of socialness? Is that by having, you know, is that if, if nothing else, you know, as an executive, just going down and talking to people, making them feel important, making them feel included. Uh, but then it's also a matter of, do we, do you have events for the team? Do you encourage people, you know, not to be head down nine hours a day, but to, to meet and co corroborate? I mean, everybody says the office is where you're going to get that level of collaboration. And that's where all those ideas are going to come from. They don't come from you being heads down for nine hours a day. You got to encourage people to talk to each other and, and be out and about. Well, and you said there's always people who are going to be unhappy with their job. Just a reminder, uh, if anybody is and they happen to be in the accounting industry, Weaver.com, plenty of opportunities available. Agree. Thank uh, audit, you. Good, audit, good shameless audit, plug there. Audit tax advisory. Uh, go online, Weaver.com. Uh, talk to our experienced recruiting team. Or but, call me and Rob. If, well, absolutely. Always happy to meet with folks um, of every level. Um, but... You know, going back to creating kind of that culture, I think we need to remind ourselves, you know, or remind our team members why it's important to come back. And, and it's not just to put a butt in a chair. I keep using that phrase. It's, hey, this, this is a culture. We have a shared identity. You know, to a certain extent, you always talk about, you know, hashtag Weaver family. I know you love that, right? And it's very true. This is, these are the people that you should enjoy spending some time with. Uh, while while you're spending eight, nine hours a day with them. And, and I have to say for us especially because our industry or our you know public accounting yeah. is very much an apprentice model. 
Yes, you know, I, we, you I don't, said that you, many A lot of people times. don't think about that, but right. we really are. You, I, I know I would never have made it past my first couple of years if I didn't have a senior sitting next to me that I kept asking questions to. And it's the same thing with, especially with younger people. When you're right out of school, you don't really know a whole lot. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And being by yourself doesn't help that. By, but by being in the office and being able to talk to others, recognize that other people are having the same issues and struggles that you are, yeah, yeah. that they're, you know, sometimes feel like they're drinking out of, out of a fire hose, yeah, yeah. Um, that's good to know. And then there's also the part, like today I was talking with one of our associates and I was like, hey, we have a meeting today at four to talk about a client issue. This isn't your issue, but sit in on the meeting because yeah. I want you to learn from this. And so just that opportunity to just come into a meeting or to just to visit with someone at the company is so valuable. But if you're not in the office, you don't ever get those opportunities because there's a, a lot of people have out of sight, out of mind. Well, even beyond that, the opportunity to whiteboard something. Um, one of our other tax partners, Justin Reeves, walked into my office yesterday. He, he had a question that we had to talk through. He literally walked in, picked up a marker, started drawing on the whiteboard. Didn't even say a word. I mean, I literally turned and looked at him. I knew exactly what we were gonna be talking about. And we literally spent three, five minutes on it, whatever it was, answered the question. He leaves, if we're in a remote environment and we're both sitting in our chairs in our houses, he's got to call me, find me on Teams. I'm probably not available. Then I'm going to call him. Then he's got to type it into Excel, send it to me. I mean, Or if he does the Teams whiteboard, figuring out the technology around that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. right. Um, but, you know, that aside, I think you you lose that aspect of that very quick collaboration, right? It's important to note that Weaver obviously has a pretty deep bench, right, and, and broad skill sets. Folks in our specialty practice areas can definitely work with clients or prospects if they have signed incentive agreements mm -hmm. um, to review the agreements and help work with local municipalities in order to determine what the exposure is and if there is any exposure resulting from some of that remote work environment. I think it's very important to know you can just go to weaver.com to find right. any of those resources. Great. And that's all the time we have on Location Cube today. If you like what you hear, please get on an airplane, sit directly behind the like button. As soon as the flight starts, take off your shoes and socks and prop your feet up on their armrest. You've been listening to Location Cubed.